Okay, now, just for a warning, once again, as stated in the beginning of the message, I'm going to remind you, this message is a message with some pretty heavy content that is not appropriate for young ears. So, if you do have young ones about, once again, this is a reminder to be listening either to this message in private or get the young ones out of sound range, please. And then, of course, we covered the dead brother's wife law, which, of course, that uh, came in with Jesus several times uh, about how, like, you know, if a brother left his wife as a widow, she would be passed down to his brother so that they could raise up seed. And that also brought into the situation of masturbation, which obviously people like to use that masturbation text about Judah and Tamar. They like to use that for a masturbation text. Well, and I pointed out, well, if you want to use that, well, clearly, in some ways, okay, let's talk about masturbation, even though I will bring this up in part two. Uh, excuse me. Uh, if you're so worried about masturbation and spilling it on the ground, well, then, boys, that should be a pretty good indication if a person has to, ma if one person in the couple whoever they may be, man or woman, if they have to masturbate a lot, that should be a pretty good indication that a multiple partner is needed in that marriage because they shouldn't have to masturbate a lot. Because obviously, that person has a higher sex drive and thus, they wouldn't have to need to masturbate if their other partner cannot meet their need. Obviously, they the other partners either not well enough physically, etc. So uh, if you want to use that, can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to use that as a masturbation text, uh, then uh, you're going to have to use that as proof, a proof text then for multiple marriage. Uh, you're stuck with it. Okay. Then we got into the issue of Marriage, of course, as I just mentioned a little while ago, but I'm going to mention again in this wrap-up. Marriage being a covenant and not a contract. And I also mentioned at the beginning, and I'm re-mentioning here, that I am a covenant preacher and a covenant marriage preacher. Meaning that if someone came to me right now and asked me to do a heart marriage, I would. I don't believe in this contract nonsense where you, even though, yes, I do those as well, where you have to sign your piece of paper before the government. But to be honest, to be honest, those aren't the ones that stand before God. Even though, yeah, God would make those stand because he expects you to keep any vow or oath or promise that you make. But the ones he makes stand is all promises. Anything that comes out of your mouth, he expects you to keep. So the very moment that you say, 
I will. I'll marry you. When you promise at your engagement, I'm sorry. You're just as good as married already. So, according to the Bible, the betrothal happened at the engagement. And there, the proof of that was with Mary and Joseph. As I said earlier, right near the end here, we talked about that. Because obviously, you don't find a midwife with Mary taking care of her. It doesn't say one word about it. Not one word about Mary having a midwife. It does talk about how she didn't have one person to help her. It says that they wrapped the babe in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. It doesn't say who did it. Obviously, the only person there to do it was obviously Joseph. Now, in order for him to do it, he had to be there with when she gave birth. Now, wait a minute. If he was only betrothed to her, excuse me, church, he had to see his wife naked to do that because you can't have a birth without her having her bottom half of her body un uncovered. Come on. It's obvious. Okay? So he knew what she looked like down there. It's pretty obvious. So now, but he never touched her. Okay? He left her a virgin until she gave birth. He could have, but he didn't. So don't give me this nonsense. Now, and then we find that it's a covenant, not a contract. So these people were the people that make these vows are supposed to keep them for life. So I believe in my heart that when you say, I will, I do, you better mean every word you say or just don't do it because God's going to hold you accountable. Amen. Amen. And amen. And then. We got into something really heavy. We talked in about the difference between the law, meaning the word of God, and the flesh, and how there's that battle that goes on. How we want our way, and the flesh wants its way, and, of course, the law, the Bible wants its way. God wants his way. And here's how that battle goes on. And then we talked about, of course, if you're going to have the law, you can't have, of course, grace. Can't have both. Sorry, Dr. Broadbottom, but you can't. We talked about that. And they want that. We talked about it. We talked about how they want to have, oh, you can't have it can't commit adultery they want to have that sermon but they want to push you under you want to push you under the old testament law and push all these old things at you about the the about well if you've um got a divorce that now all of a sudden you got to be stuck under that old testament law but then they also want, oh, well, Jesus died on the cross, so you got to accept Jesus for your say, sins, and you can't, it, no sense, doing the sacrificial law. Uh, excuse me, if you want the Old Testament law about divorce, but uh, where's your altar and, your, and, 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 and killing of your lambs and stuff? Come on. See, they don't want that. 
You either do all the law according to the book of James or you do all of grace. See, they, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And then we got into how we were talking about, uh, see, the priests and them of the New Testament, that's exactly what they were doing. And we were mentioning about this other brother who's doing this Hebrew roots. He's talking about there's this Hebrew roots teaching that's cropping up. And that's exactly what they're doing, just like they did way back then. They wanted to take these New Testament Christians that were just beginning to believe in Jesus Christ way back then. These were Jewish believers, the Gentile believers, I should say, Gentile believers. They were just beginning to believe, and there were some Jewish believers who had just gotten saved way back in the days of Peter, James, and John. And what? These people... And some of them were Pharisees and Sadducees. They stood up and said, hey, these guys have got to obey the Old Testament Torah, the law. They've got to be circumcised and they've got to follow the law. They've got to do the sacrifices, blah, blah, blah. And the apostles stood up and said, why are you putting a yoke or a burden? Why are you putting all this stuff on them? And they, found, they, they came together. They put this council together and they said, now, wait a minute. Here, here's the rules that we're going to put on them. The only burden or rule we're going to put on them is that they don't sacrifice to idols, eat meats that have been sacrificed to idol, they abstain from blood, fornication, which is sex outside of marriage, that we studied very clearly, etc., etc., and there were some basic rules, and they sent this letter and they sent some apostles with it and saying, that's what you got to do. And there were two proof texts, Acts 15 and Acts 21. And then we got into 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which, of course, proved where Paul, it was the basic text that said where Paul, it was the marriage chapter, where basically... In a nutshell, Paul said, this is not for everybody. If you can't contain, it is better to marry than to burn. Now, wait a minute. That's not for everybody. Some, he said, are eunuchs like him, and some are not. If that's meant for you, if the shoe fits, okay, if you're going to be like him, and you, I wish everybody was like me, he said. But if, hey, if you want to be single and celibate, okay, fine. But if not, if you can't keep your guys, if you can't keep your pecker in your pants, if you can't sneak, keep the snake in the cage, ladies, if you can't keep yourself too hot to trot, it's better to marry than to burn. Now, and I pointed out, when you look at that, because it, it was in the context of what? Marriage. A chapter on marriage. So obviously he wasn't talking about just singles. Although people try to say, well, he's talking to singles. No, he was talking about married people too. So if he's talking to married people, and he's saying, if you can't contain, it is better to marry. Now, wait a minute, they're already married. So he's saying if they're married and it's better to marry, he's saying talking about a second partner. So 
What is he pointing out? Go back to Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. And we pointed out, Jesus said there, there be eunuchs that are born eunuchs of their mother's womb. There were eunuchs made eunuchs of men's sake and eunuchs that have made themselves eunuchs of, for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And I pointed out that from that scripture that Jesus obviously is talking about three things. A, eunuchs. Those are people that can't have sex because obviously some medical condition right from birth. Then, obviously, accidents. And then finally, those who had decided to become like Paul. Like a pope or a nun. Now, and I pointed out, well, what about, for example, the guy who goes... Let's say gets in a car wreck and he gets in such a bad way and say he's a poor person and he can't and he doesn't have no way of insurance or anything, cannot no longer perform in bed. But obviously, come on, lady, would you want to divorce your husband just because he could no longer perform for you? And you're 27 years old. Would you want to just live your life as a nun? Huh? Would you? Not really. So, obviously, Paul was saying, as well as Jesus is saying, it is better to marry than it is to burn. And so, obviously, what Paul is saying and Jesus is saying there, that's when you and the, him need to get together and say, okay, at that point, you need to talk together. And if you can't contain, it's better to bring in somebody else into that partnership. And thus, there's where the second, the the multiple marriage law from the Old Testament comes in. Amen. 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 And then, of course, we got into the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we talked about, of course, where it says love is kind and all that. And, of course, it doesn't talk there about the word love, even though everybody calls it that, but agape love, agape is the Greek word for love, or charity, as it's used in the King James. And it talks about it not being, because agape, of course, being the Greek word, and in English, we don't have the kind of Greek word that means the same thing, but we use the word love, but it's not as deep as it is in Greek. Now, the thing is, though, it says there that it's not, it's, it's kind. It's not self-centered. It's not, it, it doesn't boast itself or puff itself up. It's not self-seeking. It, it doesn't, it doesn't go for what it wants, basically. And it bears all things which when you look at that in light of 
Matthew 9.12, and 1 Corinthians 7 in light of if, like we pointed out, if your mate had a problem or you yourself had the problem, knowing that your mate would have to deal with a life of celibacy or having to be without sex because you couldn't help them, you would sit there and say, okay, I wouldn't be jealous because of this. I'd be willing to help them. I would realize that they're not committing adultery, but rather this other person is here. They're a live person. I'm not using some artificial tool tool to get the job done. And then we got into where the Bible talks in Proverbs where Solomon talked about the woman's breasts. That they're supposed to please her husband at all times. <laughs> yeah, most women, they wonder why men like women's breasts. Well, it makes it plain that Solomon made that point that that was supposed to be that way because that was part of what she was supposed to do for her husband. And then, of course, yes, we did, repeating here, but yes, we did get into the multiple wives law, which was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a multiple wives law. There was a law not only for the regular Joe, but even for the kings of Israel. It was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. And what was worse, not in the, only in the Old Testament, but Jesus himself promises in two of the texts, there was three comparative, but two of the texts, he promises, quote, in this present time, unquote. There were certain things in that list. Oh, some people might nitpick and say, well, he didn't repeat that in the list, but, oh, they don't have no problem with the lands and blah, blah. Well, if you're willing to accept that, then you have to accept all of it, and that includes wives. See, and it's not just a spiritual thing. It's a physical. See, but why? Because just as in Matthew 19, and 1 Corinthians 7, it is meant for those to whom God meant it to be. If they need it, God has that provision. But if it was not meant to be, obviously, why would he give a multiple partner to somebody who does not need it? And then we closed out with proof of multiple mates in the Bible, as well as those who had single wives, to show the reasoning. Why did they have? Now, obviously, it was not culture, as some believe. It had nothing to do with money, and it had nothing to do with also for just procreation or to have a child. So, what was the reason for having a multiple mate? Well, the answer is, first off, A, having a multiple mate 
had nothing to do with adultery, that's for sure. Because David proved, well, he, the only time it was adultery was when he took on Bathsheba and killed a man to do it. But everybody else, it was not adultery. It was only spiritual adultery when he had those other wives with Solomon. But it was not adultery. Not one time was it mentioned adultery with multiple wives. So, question. How does a person get a second wife if it's needed? David, it was proven that if a person has, if there's a, like say, it's necessary. Say, I needed a second wife. And my wife agreed to it. And there's a single woman out there. She wanted to be my wife. I would court the woman. And then she would marry me. And then we would go to bed together. Then it would not be adultery. Why? Because we're married. Okay. Now, secondly, that is the proper method. The improper method is A, kill the woman, kill the woman's husband, or, or mess with that woman when she's married, or whatever. That's improper. Okay, now, secondly, as to adultery, obviously it's sex outside of a marriage, period. Fornication, sex outside of marriage. We learned that, plain and simple. Now, as to the reason for a multiple marriage. We now know it has nothing to do with having children, although it can be a reason because there was instances where it was needed for that reason in the Bible. So that is one. The second reason is obvious. The Bible makes it very plain that it had to do with, in conclusion here, the second reason for a multiple marriage had to do obvious when one of the partners could obviously not perform their sexual part, and thus they knew the only way to keep their other partner from committing adultery. And yet they loved them enough that they did not want to divorce, so they brought in a multiple partner. That was the reason for the multiple partner. They did not wish to divorce. That was the edict in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. They said, I wish to dwell with this person. So they said, no, I'm not going to divorce. And so they said, okay, I want to dwell with this person. But yet, at the same time, they couldn't stay celibate. So they and their partner decided to have what is, in the modern terms, an open marriage. And they open marriage, open relationship, and they decided to get a second partnership in there and have a what is now known as a triad marriage and thus have a relationship and thus have the extra partner to fulfill the need that is not there. Now, in part two, we will discuss the sexual aspect and bring in the importance of why that would be of help, and thus, and I mentioned mechanical means of masturbation, and why that is not as effective as the marriage, the multiple marriage. 
Mechanical means may work, but it's not as effective. Now, I want to mention this. I realize in the Bible that every time multiple partners were mentioned, it mentions that only men were talked about having multiple wives. I realize this, okay? I'm not ignorant. So, uh, you nitpickers need to stop right now. Sit down and take notice because I do know that I also mention here that, well, women might choose in this modern age to take multiple husbands. Okay. That's because, okay, things in this modern age could definitely change things to where they might need a multiple husband. See, let me explain where I'm coming from as to why I say that. See, you have to understand, and I'll use some Bible here to back up what I'm saying. I am a prime example of what I'm talking about. Once again, I'm going to use myself so that nobody could say I'm divisive. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall in a ditch. Now, back in Jesus' day, that was true. They did not have all the technologies and training and service dogs that they have for blind people. Meaning that a blind person today could walk down the street and he could literally guide another blind person safely and they will not fall in a ditch and they will not fall across the street and they will not get hurt. In fact, they could walk down to their local grocery store and walk back home very much safely without being hurt. In fact, they could do it a lot safer than most of you sighted drivers yeah, I'll say that again. We could do it a heck of a lot safer than most of you sighted drivers because most of you are drunk while you're driving. Amen. 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 Okay? So, did that make Jesus a liar? No, it does not. It just means that back in his day and age, they did not have all of the modern training techniques that they do for us blind people. Okay? The times, and as Jesus said, knowledge would increase. That's what the Bible said. So, what am I trying to say? Back in Jesus' time, it was a lot more necessary for a man and more common for men to have more multiple wives because there were more things that could happen to men In this case, I should say more things that could happen to a woman. More things that could happen to a woman that would cause her to allow her to be put out of commission. Thus, saying to her hubby, hey, honey, uh, you might want to go and find another to take my place. 
in this uh, need so that you could go ahead. For example, back in that day and age, oh, there, look at the woman's workload. Today, you ladies, <laughs> you got modern washing machines. You got modern ironing. You got all of that modern stuff. You got everything going for you. It was very easy back then for a woman to, she could have, look how easy it was. Back then, a woman could have died in childbirth very, very easily. Today, childbirth is just practically commonplace. Woman goes into the hospital, has a baby, not even a sneeze about it. Back then, childbirth was very risky business. So, having multiple wives was a very good thing because why? If one died, he had a backup, so to speak. Okay? So, today, if anything, a woman having multiple husbands, as I'm using the illustration, if he got his thing blown off, as one brother gave the illustration that, yeah, he knew that happened to a young man in war. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad thing if she had another husband. You know, why? Because then at least she wouldn't be a eunuch. Had to be a eunuch or a nun for the rest of her life. Okay, so that's my illustration here. And so, yes, in this modern day, it can and does happen. And so, yes, I do realize that in the Bible, I just want you to understand, you nitpickers, that yes, the Bible did say in every case it only talked about multiple wives. And that was the reason it talked about only multiple wives. It's because it was common back then. And that was the reason. It was because childbirth was a chancy business. And that was the big reason. And so... Because of that, it was a very smart thing to have the multiple wives. And God knew it. And also, hey, we're going to find out in part two there was another reason for the multiple wives. There was another reason for it. But I'm going to leave that for part two. Amen, amen, and amen. One more thing I want to bring up here is this. For you nitpickers, how about this? You love your laws of the land so much. Well then, if you like to obey the laws so much more than God's law, and you would rather obey those laws, well then, why not um, go buy you a bunch of cigarettes, you know, the law of the land says it's okay to buy cigarettes. You know, hey, it's legal. You could buy all the cigarettes you want and just puff away. And why not go buy you a bunch of whiskey? It's legal. You could buy whiskey and guzzle it away. You get drunk just as so long as you're not drunk driving. You know, you could get drunk in your own home, get passed out drunk. Well, come on, it's legal. 
Come on, Christian, you can get passed out drunk. But, you know, God said, God's the only one that says you're not allowed to get drunk. So uh, who cares about God? God's laws ain't important. It's more important to obey the laws of man, you don't understand. See? Whose laws are more important? God's laws or man's laws? See, when it comes to the relationship between human and human, what am I trying to say here? It's time when we see a law that man has written. If it's wrong, we need to stand up and say it's wrong. Like these cigarettes. If they're wrong and they're killing people, we all need to stand up and say, look, they're killing people. And drinking it's killing people on the roadways. They're drinking and driving has been killing more people than you can imagine. Drunk driving, I'm not saying one has hurt anybody, but that's what's been killing people. So we need to stand up and say, it's time to stop. Okay? That's what I'm saying. It is time for us to stand for God's laws more than Man's precious law. Who's more important to you? Do you worship man or God? Amen, amen, and amen. So, with that, and in conclusion, let us close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, now, as we close this message in prayer, with part one, we ask you, Lord, to now bless your message. Lord, there may be a lot of folks that may disagree, but it's not my word. It's yours. Lord, it was you who spoke these words many years, many thousands of years ago. And Lord, I had nothing to do with it. All I did is just go verse by verse by verse by verse. Hundreds of verses have been used here, Lord. And not a single one of them, Lord, were mine. Not a thing I could do about it. Many verses have been read. Many have been referred to. But all together, Lord, hundreds, over 200 have been brought forth, Lord. And, Lord, all we could do is ask you now, Lord, to use your word to show people, Lord, that the truth is that, Lord, there's nothing wrong with what the message is. But the truth is, if they would accept your word, they could see the truth. And maybe they could finally get their picture straight. And they could see the truth. And all they'd have to do is open their hearts to your truth. Accept it. And do that which is right in your eyes, Lord Jesus. Lord, if someone ever did con contemplate a second marriage, Lord, multiple marriage, Lord, help them to see that the only way they, have, they can do that is they have to have it equally yoked. If they're saved, they have to have a multiple marriage with only those who are Christians together. They can't have a Christian, a Buddhist, and another Christian, or a Christian, a Catholic, 
and a Buddhist. They all have to be all Christians. It's just the way it's got to work. Because, Lord, that's just the way it was meant to be. But, Lord, this even multiple marriage is not meant for everybody, Lord. You said that in your word. So, Lord, we do thank you, Lord, that you finally clarified a lot of stuff. Lord, there are those who teach that multiple marriage is for those to get, Lord, their way to heaven. And if that's their sanctification, that's their way into heaven, as a group says. But, Lord, obviously your word never said nothing about getting to heaven and in a better place in heaven just because they got 14 wives. Didn't say that. And, Lord, the other camp says, well, having a multiple mate is sinful. <laughs> your word didn't say that either. Actually, Lord, your word said there's a middle ground that says multiple marriage is right only if it's required. But yet you also said, Lord, that it's not there to get a person into heaven. Lord, your word said that you were the way, the truth, and the life, that no man come to the Father but by you, Lord Jesus. You said that in John 14, 6. And that there was no other name given under heaven but by you, Lord Jesus. No name. It was your name, Lord Jesus, the only name under heaven that people would be saved. Lord Jesus, help us to realize that although, yes, you gave provision, you gave a provision for those who may have needed that help, you didn't mean for every Tom, Dick, and Harry to use it as an excuse to try to get into heaven just so they could use it. That wasn't the plan, Lord. You only meant it to be for those who had an absolute need. So, Lord, help those who out there may be listening that are lawmakers to finally see the truth in this message. And maybe even they, if they're going to make laws, that they would straighten the laws out and get out of the bedrooms of America and realize that the laws they have should be the laws that were right. Quit going by old ancient history and get right with you and realize that Look, if they're going to help the homosexual, they also need to help those who really need the help and realize that the only thing they need to be doing is worried about one thing, and that is you, Lord Jesus. There are those that have been hurting for years. And it, yes, there are people that need that kind of relationship, but not everybody. Not every Tom, Dick, and Harry needs 20 wives. Yeah, some may only need two wives, but for a legitimate reason. But that's all. So, Lord, we ask you now that you would just help. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the message. Amen. Finally, I do want to say this is for those who may have questions about this message or series of uh, messages, part one as well as part two. If anyone has any questions about this or would like to leave comments, they can contact me about these messages. Say if you're a lawmaker and would like to possibly 
think about making changes to the laws or if you got questions or whatever, hey, you can email me because, hey, I happen to be a single fellow, a married, single married fellow. I'm not into, you know, I just have one wife and that's just the way it is. As of the recording of this in 2015, that's just, I'm happily married to one wife and that's the way it is. But anybody has any questions, they can write me at my email address and they can ask questions about this because I have all the data that I used in creating this message where I researched this. Of course, I took the time to research it to get God's word on it, all of that. So I took the time to get all this information. Anybody having any questions about this message, they could write me at my email address. I'm going to say it slowly here, and I'll give a letter, an associated word for each letter. There's no underscores or little dots or dashes in the email address. It's all just pushed together, lowercase letters. It's all the words feel and touch king at gmail.com. That would be F as in Frank, E as in elephant, E as in elephant, L as in Larry, N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, O is in over, U is in umbrella, C is in cat, H as in Henry, K is in kite, I is in Indian, N is in Nancy, G is in Greg, feel and touch king, then the at sign. Gmail, G is in Greg, M is in Mary, A is in Apple, I is in Indian, L is in Larry, and then the little period, and then com.com, C is in Carrie, O is in Over, M is in Mary. Now, just so that I know you're not spamming, you're not a spam emailer or something like that, Please use in your subject line so that I know you are, in fact, emailing me in regards to this message, etc. Please use in your subject line. For example, you can use a question regarding sex marriage, question regarding marriage message, question regarding sex, marriage, marriage. No, something like that. Question regarding sex and marriage message, anything like that, or question regarding sermon, any of those topics would work, okay, and then I will get your message, and I will respond to you, however, if, when I open your message, if it appears that you are obviously sending me spam email, it will be automatically deleted. So, if it's obvious spam, be warned, it will be thrown into the trash and your email address as well as your URL from where you are emailing will be blocked. So, be warned, I will block you. So, please be sure that you are sending legitimate requests because I am 
serious in being willing to answer legitimate requests about these messages because I am willing to help people who really want to know more about this message. But if you are not wanting legitimate answers to this question and this topic, I will block and spam you. So, once again, you can contact me at the email address feelntouchking at gmail.com. God bless you, and thank you for listening.